You are listening to the Campus Beat Podcast. I'm your host, Dinah Jansen. Each Wednesday at 5 p.m. on CFRC 101.9 FM in Kingston, I welcome a new guest from Queen's University to discuss news, issues, upcoming events, initiatives, and services for the benefit of Queen's students, faculty, staff, and alumni. Thanks for tuning in to this podcast, and we hope you enjoy the episode. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to Campus Beat. I'm your host, Dinah Jansen. Today, I have the pleasure of welcoming Katie Fazell, Experiential Learning Projects Coordinator for Career Services here at Queen's University, along with J.P. Dobson, Program Assistant for Ocean Path. Welcome to the studios today. Tell us about yourself and what you do in your role with uh, Career Services, Katie, and J.P., what you do with, in your role as Program Assistant for Ocean Path. So as Experiential Learning Projects Coordinator, uh, I am responsible for a lot of different projects uh, that are helping to advance uh, experiential learning initiatives on campus. And so Ocean Path Fellowship is one of those projects, and um, that's the focus of what we're going to talk about today. JP. So with the Ocean Path Fellowship role, I act as an assistant. Currently, we're in application phase, so the majority of my time is spent kind of promoting the program across the four universities we've partnered with. And then kind of throughout the rest of the year, I do a bit of um, research on, you know, former projects as well as uh, promotion and kind of assisting the current fellows in communities right now. Wonderful. Uh, What experiences and motivations brought you to your respective roles? Well, for me, I used to be a high school teacher, and I did a lot of experiential learning through co-op and alternative education models, and then I I was doing international service learning trips as well, and so I came to Queen's to do a master's with global development studies, thinking I would take one year off. I ended up staying for a year and a half and then found a role at Career Services and loved Kingston and so decided to stay on in this role. And we're very lucky. How about you, JP? So the program assistant role is offered to former fellows every year. I had finished up my Ocean Path Fellowship in Mexico and was looking for something closer to home. I grew up in Antigonish, where the Cody Institute Institute is based out of, and so it was a really great opportunity to work for an institution that I've looked up to kind of growing up in Antigonish, Um, and so that's how I found my way to the Ocean Path position. Now, tell us uh, more about the Ocean Path Fellowship. What is this? Is it, is it do you get to go on the ocean? <laughs> what is Ocean Path? Yeah, certainly. We, we, it's interesting. We have discussed the name and how it is slightly ambiguous. The Ocean Path Fellowship is a 12-month um, experiential learning opportunity for graduating students, uh, either from undergraduate or graduate level courses. Um, where you're given $25,000 to implement a an idea on how to improve a community you have a connection to. Okay. And um, for whom is the fellowship designed? Uh, and Or in other words, what types of students are you looking for? You mentioned graduating students, but uh, do those students have particular skill sets or... You mentioned something, connections to communities. Can you flesh that out a little more? Certainly. Well, we we accept applications from any degree path. So there's not really, we're not specifically looking for any type of students. I, I would say we're looking for students that are not afraid of taking on a leadership role, can work well with others. We are looking for students that are interested in, in creating positive change um, in communities. All right. And- 
I would just add that uh, there are a few eligibility requirements that we think are important to point out. So students need to be graduating from an undergraduate or master's level program. Oh, so not PhD. Not PhDs. Um, under 30 Canadian citizen or permanent resident. Mm -hmm. um, and so those are the three kind of eligibility criteria that go across the board. But as JP said, in terms of skills and diversity of background, uh, the Cody Institute is looking for that diversity in applicants. And now how do students from Queen's apply for this Ocean Path Fellowship? So you can apply on our website at www.oceanpath.com. Another good way to get kind of in communication with us is through Katie at Career Services, which is on the third floor of Gordon Hall. Yep. So there, there's, and then also you, you can find us on social media. Uh, we're on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. If you send us a message there, we can we can start an application with you. So we're we're really, uh, as always, we're looking to work with students on their application. So helping them take your idea mm -hmm. and then transition it into an application. Now, picking up on that point, uh, for students to apply, like there's definitely the process: apply here, have this stuff to prove your eligibility, et cetera, et cetera. But what kinds of things might students want to do to ready themselves for the application process? For example, uh, developing or pitching a project. That's a great idea. So Ocean Path, one of the great things I enjoy about it is that um, you, you, you don't need to have a fully developed idea kind of during and into your application. But there are a couple key things that you're going to, going to want to have. Um, one is that connection to the community. So you, you want to have had previous experience working in a community. A lot of people might think that's just a, you know, that automatically puts a student out of um, qualification, but I, I say everybody has a strong connection to a certain community. Mm -hmm. So whether that's kind of where you are growing up, whether you've done work here in Kingston, or you've had the privilege to go abroad and do work in, in other parts of the world, either way, what you need with your application is a strong connection to the community. Mm -hmm. And what we find is that helps students when they start their fellowship really build on those existing relationships they have the other thing you want to have is an innovative idea on how to tackle a problem within a community that you, with your community, have identified. Now, can you give us an example from your own experience? So that's a, that's a great question. I was working in Tasco, Mexico, and I was working with a group of silver jewelry artisans. So over the course of my undergrad, I had a couple opportunities to work with these artisans through... Uh, St. Avex University through an internship program and then um, another funding opportunity over the course of the summer. And what kind of through conversations with them, we identified a number of key issues within kind of the sector of silver jewelry production mm -hmm. was that there was a lot of piracy and underselling within the market. So what we kind of came up with as a solution was to create a cooperative model where a group of artisans could come together knowing their ideas were safe and, the, and then transition that into selling those products internationally. So giving them a revenue stream while also allowing them the space to know their ideas are safe so they can kind of really kind of create and kind of express their culture in a kind of safe space. 
That sounds wonderful. I'd like to hear a little bit more, too. Like, thank you for sharing your experience with us. I'm wondering now, um, what kinds of uh, learning are you able to take with you now? Uh, you're currently the program assistant for Ocean Path, but what happens next, and how might some of that learning assist you in terms of your own career development moving forward? Certainly. Well, I think one of the most unique things about Ocean Path is that it does put you in a, a leadership position right out of undergrad or graduate studies, which, you know, at times is pretty burdensome, but, you know, you're given support through the Ocean Path Fellowship, um, through uh, Victoria, who's our life coach, who works with you to make sure you're working at your best. And then Adam Baden Clay, who's our project supervisor. So he's there to make sure kind of anytime things aren't going well or you're hitting difficulties, he's someone you can talk to. Not that he's going to give you solutions, but he's going to make sure, one, that you're not doing harm to the community and that you are in the best position to, you know, make sure your project stays on course. So I would say the main learnings I took from Ocean Path, and I think most other alumni would echo this, is that being a leader is very challenging in, in that, and being a leader can take on many different forms. Okay. Now, uh, for students that uh, uh, go through the application process and, and pitch their idea, however well-formed it is, when, uh, and as you mentioned, it doesn't have to be fully formed right. <laughs> as, they, as they apply, part of the learning process is also learning how to develop yeah. proposals yeah. and projects. <laughs> sure. Um, now, if accepted, though, uh, there are various stages of experiential learning, I understand, that fellows uh, get to participate in. What might some of those stages of experiential learning be? So I think this is one of the reasons, too, why Queen's is so um, happy to have this program. And I just want to mention that we're one of only four universities that have um, this opportunity. And so from an experiential learning perspective, what we see is that they do three weeks of training at the Cody Institute um, after being selected. And so they're getting training in asset-based community development, which is the approach that Cody takes, um, as well as assistance with developing the budget and all the prep that they need. And so a lot of the times we see programs where community development might be a, a type of project that someone's working on, but they don't necessarily have that type of support. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, when someone's carrying out a project, or having the actual experience to have a place where there's some facilitated reflection and some guidance along the way um, is also something that is uncommon, I think, to find in this type of experience. And so I know that I always hear from past fellows about this life coach and how at the beginning they're not quite sure what role that uh, individual is going to take, but in the end, um, it's Victoria, that she really guides them through thinking through not only uh, what's happening in the project, but how it impacts that student or that fellow um, going forward and how the skills that they're developing and what are they liking about the project and how will that inform future career paths. Uh, and then at the end, there's also a reflective uh, debrief type opportunity for another week back at the Cody Institute. Um, and again, that's another component that can be missing. Project's done, off you go, and there isn't that chance to really reflect. And we mm -hmm. know how important that is to the learning and also to the sustainability of the project. So when the fellows leave, the idea is that that project that they have developed is going to be sustainable and someone else in the community will carry that on. So both from a uh, development perspective as well as from an experiential learning perspective, we feel that this program has been very well thought through and well designed and very well supported. Excellent. Excellent. Now, do students receive any academic credit for their fellowships, uh, especially if they're, uh, you mentioned graduating students, so I'm wondering, like, is there academic credit 
or do they get some kind of credential uh, on top of their degree program, for example? Uh, and certainly, what gains ultimately would fellows be able to take with them after they complete the program? So the Ocean Path Fellowship, as mentioned, is available for graduating students. So there's no credit component to it. Okay. Rather, it's it's a opportunity to put yourself in a leadership position mm-hmm. right out of, you know, your studies. So what what we found is that it's it's a great learning experience and it, it can also act as a, a great springboard either into further into the development field if, if that is an area of interest to you, but also... If you're an undergrad student, this really looks great when you're applying to master's level courses. Mm-hmm. We have, from my cohort, we have Katie, who was working in Calgary. She's now at Columbia University in New York. We have other fellows currently studying um, to become doctors at the University of Toronto. So there's really quite a range of things you can do after the fellowship. Mm-hmm. And it, it really is an opportunity to hone your skills as a leader and as a manager and then transition that either into kind of furthering your studies, continuing work with that community, or finding work somewhere else in the field. Fantastic. And now, um, who funds the project? So the Cody International Institute has partnered with a private family foundation based out of Montreal. And what what we found is that this relationship is really great because the, the f- funders are really hands-off, and I think that's really rare in a lot of development spaces is that the donors really aren't looking for anything out of these projects except for young Canadian leaders to be put in positions of leadership where they can really interact with the community, help that community grow, and then move on into their lives and carry these learnings on. Okay. You've mentioned both of you a couple of times the Cody Institute. What is the Cody Institute? So the Cody Institute is a international institute that specializes in uh, community development, uh, bringing in leaders from across the world, really, um, as well as working here in Canada uh, with a variety of programs, some focusing on Indigenous women leadership. So they, they do quite a bit of things, but their, their core mission is to kind of create positive change within communities. One of their, I guess, historically, they... they came out of a movement from Moses Cody, who uh, was working with rural fishermen in Nova Scotia, looking at how they can kind of collect their combined assets and really make positive change as a collective. So that's really a lot of the teachings fellows are introduced to, is looking at how you can look at assets within your community and take those and kind of achieve things that you didn't think were possible. So... Uh, Moses Cody has a phrase, we will use what we have to seize what we have not. And so I think that kind of channels into a lot of what Ocean Path does and the learning and expertise that you can tap into at the Cody as a fellow is, okay, how do we get the most out of your community and how do we get a community to realize, okay, there's, you know, assets and skills here that we can tap into to better ourselves. Okay. Anything to add to that? 
about the Cody Institute? No, I think it's just another example of how uh, our students, <coughs> once they graduate, can be supported by another institution, <laughs> but that has similar values to the types of things that we would want to see, see our students doing in the future. Excellent. Now, uh, some of the nuts and bolts here. What are the deadlines and where can students find more precise information about the application process or the fellowship itself? Uh, so we have a, a website hosted on uh, a Career Services uh, with preliminary information and then directing students to the actual Ocean Path website, which is very comprehensive. Uh, there's a really well-developed FAQ, so we usually encourage students to take a look there um, and then to contact me, and I will kind of go through the steps. The deadline is November 15th, okay, so, so it is approaching. Um, but the other <laughs> thing that we're really trying to do is tap into second and third year students. So as they are out doing projects through co-curricular activities, through summer experiences, um, whether it's locally community-engaged work or international, uh, to be thinking about how they might return to those communities and mm -hmm. have an opportunity then to develop a, a fellowship idea. So while we try to get the graduating students in that September to November timeframe, if we have students that have already been thinking about it, then they're coming to us in September of their graduating year uh, with a, already an idea. And they've had that time to reach back out to that community and find out who is going to be their community contact that will also support them. So that's another piece that um, I just wanted to mention that when we talk about community, it can be a geographical community, but it can also be a community of individuals with like interests. So mm -hmm. if we're looking at, for example, newcomers to Canada and you have a project that could actually uh, work with a group across the country, then that would be suitable as well. And uh, as part of the application, they do have to identify who their community contact is and that person will act as a reference to support that they have the backing of the community to do the project. Okay. So with, th with that in mind, do you have any final thoughts on experiential learning uh, uh, opportunities uh, that students can also take part in in their second and third year, for example, that might also contribute to the development mm -hmm. of their own program ideas moving forward, keeping in mind that for graduating students, the deadline is November 15th, mm -hmm. but for folks that are still going to be around for a few more years yet, you can uh, start thinking about yeah. it now. But are there other opportunities that students can take advantage of to help them along that path yeah. to the fellowship? Absolutely. So we know that Queen's has got such a vibrant co-curricular landscape. There's so many clubs that are doing work um, with communities, with different groups out there. And again, whether it's local engagement or on an international side, getting involved in those types of things is kind of exactly what we would want to see as well you could be talking to your department head or undergraduate assistants about what other courses you have that have experiential learning components to them and have that community engagement piece and then the other thing we do at the experiential learning hub right now is we're helping support and facilitate uh, faculty members that want to add those elements to their course so that's like I said it's just growing across campus and that's what we're here for um, and then I think as well, just things that they're doing in the summer. So again, you can always come into career services. You've got ideas about how you want to spend your summer or what type of part-time work you might want. Um, and the career counselors there can, can support students in mapping out how they might go about finding those opportunities. Wonderful. Now, JP, as an um, Ocean Path Fellowship alumnus, why do you think students should apply, in your opinion? I mean, for me, and I've kind of stress this quite a bit, it's an opportunity to have a lot of autonomy right out of undergrad or graduate studies. And I think that's really rare. And, you know, conversations with friends, because I, I am only a couple of years out of undergrad, is that there's really a desire to look for that or not to just have an internship and then 
you know, work your way up a company. This allows you to showcase your talents, kind of the knowledge and skills you've gathered out of undergrad and really put them kind of theory to practice. So kind of all those learnings, all those curiosities you've had kind of through undergrad, all those studies, it's a great way to transition that into something really practical and something that can really, really have positive change in this world. And what happens next for you? So after my contract is up at the end of this year, I will be returning to Mexico to work with the community. Right now I work on a very part-time basis, but um, come this summer, I'm going to focus more on helping them drive sales through the community and bring in revenue. Fantastic. We wish you the best of luck. Thank you very much, J.P. Dobson, Program Assistant for o- the Ocean Path Fellowship, and Katie Fizell, Experiential Learning Projects Coordinator, Career Services here at Queen's University. We really do appreciate your time. Thanks for coming to Camp to Speak. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us.